Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 91 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I am really excited about today's episode because we're talking about what I would have done differently if I would start, if I was starting another product-based business, e-commerce business, what would I do, do differently this time? God, I feel like I keep stumbling over my words. I don't know what my problem is today. So I get this question a lot, honestly, like what would you do differently? What would you do if you did another product business? And to be honest with you, there are so many moments that I really want to start another product-based brand. In fact, I think it was like a year ago. I posted on my Instagram that I was seriously considering starting a hot sauce subscription box and I felt very fired up over this idea. And then after a few days, I was kind of like, eh, I, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, and that's how I am. I get very excited about something and then I either continue to feel excited or the idea just falls away. So that idea fell by the wayside, but this brings me to a really important, uh, important point, which I'll talk about in a, in a few minutes, but yeah, that was my idea about a year ago. I felt very excited about it. And then since then I've had a few other ideas, honestly, there was one point where I was like, I want to buy, I want to make like, or ma- I'm not sure if I need to manufacture them, but I want to manufacture really high quality lap like mac laptop cases because i bought this like really cool fake crocodile case for my laptop and i'm obsessed with it and i kept thinking like oh my gosh this is such a great product like i need to make this product too again i got excited for like a day and then it was like eh not for me so anyway my point here is that i get very excited about a lot of things (laughs) but the like I continue to want to start another product brand. I'm not going to lie. And part of me, what I really want to do, I'm going to fill you in on a little secret because I'm sure I will do it at some point. Like this idea, I got excited about it a while ago and it still excites me. What I want to do is create a brand and basically document the entire thing and put everything on YouTube for like a free video series on like a case study of starting a product-based business and every single thing would be documented. And I love this idea so much and I'm, I feel so passionate about it and I know I will do it at some point. So we'll see when that happens, but I really, really want to do it. And the biggest thing is now I know what to do. Now I know what not to do. 
I made the mistakes the first time. And now for six and a half years of starting my own product-based business and consulting and educating and working with clients and working with students, I really, really, really know. And again, I'm still learning with that said, like, I'm not, not that I have nothing to learn, but I know what to do and what not to do now. And so I feel like when you, when you, when you have that level of confidence, like, yeah, I know what to do and I know what not to do, then it makes starting another business seem more appealing because when we start a business the first time, we often have no idea what we're doing, which is which is the situation I felt in when I started my business six and a half years ago. So this is going to be a quick tip episode. I'm going to really try to keep it quick. So if I was starting another e-commerce business, what would I do differently? So I think I would do a lot of things differently. Um, So many things differently that I'm probably going to have to create another episode on this at some point later on. But let's just go through like a few things. So I think the biggest thing that I would do differently is I would create a product that was very much like in demand. So my first business, I started a e-commerce and subscription box business. So I sold high end, really nice quality, you know, curated gift boxes to dog moms every single month. And then I also sold in my e-commerce shop one time items. So treats, toys, bandanas, you name it, I sold it. Um, but with the pet subscription box, like, yes, it's in demand because the, the, one of the biggest subscription boxes in the country is BarkBox or in the USA is BarkBox. And they have a crazy large audience, a crazy community of crazy dog people. So it is a product that's in demand, but when I say it, when I say that I would want to sell a product that was more in demand, I guess maybe I shouldn't use the word in demand. I feel like I use that word a lot. It's more that it's like a necessity to people. Like it's a something in someone's life that just, it really helps someone's life be better. And a pet subscription box, you know, it does do that. It makes you happy to get a box in the mail for your dog and see them go crazy opening it. So it does make you happy, but just does someone need to have a pet subscription box? No, they don't. It's very optional. It's a, it's a a luxury item that is not necessary to people. So if I was going to do another business, it would really be something that like people need to have, you know, with, with that said, like, are they going to die if they don't have this product? No, but it it really serves a purpose for someone. So that would be the biggest thing is that I like, okay, and here's an example of like, I wanted to start the hot sauce business. My issue with that idea, and this is probably what swayed me from even starting it, is that hot sauce isn't a necessity. It's a really awesome product and I am very passionate about hot sauce. I put it on freaking everything. I have a million bottles of hot sauce. So you might think, well, okay, aren't you sort of contradicting yourself? Maybe I am, but in my head, I just feel like with hot sauce, there's, and I don't want to use, I don't want to say this because I know that this is like a thought that most of you already have, but like there, okay, there is, I don't believe in saturation. I really don't. However, you have to do something different 
So if I was going to start a hot sauce brand, like what the hell would I do that's so different and so unique that I would stand out so much against all these other people? It's a it's the biggest thing is like you have to do something different to stand out against competitors. That could be like you're a higher um, a higher end brand. It could just be a different experience. There's so many things that you can do differently. But for me with hot sauce, it just was I wasn't convinced that this was a smart business move. So that's why I didn't do the idea. But the next product brand that I do, and I and I know that I will do one at some point. It's just a matter of time. It really will be something that people are like dying to have. People are searching for it. Um, you can use apps like or websites like Trend Hunter and Google Trends to see what products are trending. If you're looking at Alibaba, you can really look at like what products are trending and that could potentially guide you into like, oh, at least this is something that people really are searching for. Or even if you want to sell on Amazon, there's all sorts of Amazon tools where you can figure out what people are searching for. So, you know, the biggest thing is I I would make my product decision maybe not so much based on my own passion, but more of a business opportunity. And I think my first business, I did it on based on passion. I was not, I was, I am a very like crazy dog person that inspired my first product business was my dog Asha. And while that's great, I think for my next business, it wouldn't be based on that. And I do, you know, with that said, I do feel like you have to like, like the product. You can't, I would never waste my time starting a brand if I didn't like the product. You have to have some level of liking it. Maybe, I don't know. I've heard people like one of my clients, um, Jenny from Phytophysies, we have an episode we've recorded. And of course I don't have that episode in front of me. It is, I think from a few months ago, I'll link it in the show notes below, but it's basically, Oh, I got it. Okay. It's episode, uh, selling on Amazon for beginners with Jenny of Phytophysies. It is my spreadsheet for my podcast is incorrect right now. So I'm going to tell you a number and it's probably not going to be right. I'm so sorry. It's around episode 67. So if you kind of scroll through in around January or December, you'll find the episode. Actually, I think it was right before Christmas. So you can go back and listen to that. But she talks about how her husband, you know, sold. Now I'm going to blank on what he sold to. It was something like water hoses or something like something super freaking random but he made a decision based on data. He did his due diligence. He figured out that like a lot of people were searching for this product and Amazon didn't have a lot of sellers selling it. So oops, light bulb, there's my opportunity. So I think for me, that's the biggest thing is I would really choose a product based on opportunity and not on, oh, I think it would be super cute to sell hot sauce. That's the biggest thing that I would do differently. So hopefully that, Hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Number two, and this is a really important one. So when I started my first business, again, had no idea what I was doing. I, I, my business was going to be the most high end dog subscription box business. So everything needed to look really, really phenomenal. That includes your website. But unfortunately I had no idea how to build a product based business or e-commerce website. So I found some random dude. I don't even know how I found him. I have no idea how I found this guy. 
forget his name. He was based in Austin, Texas, and he started doing my website for me. And unfortunately, again, because I was a total newbie, I didn't have a lot of like structure in place. Like, hey, um, I'm at a certain budget here. So could you not waste your time like playing around with colors and fonts and like let me choose that stuff? So long story short, I hired this guy to do a custom website. Like there's so many things wrong with this situation right here. As a new business owner, not having launched a product, the biggest mistake was I didn't need a custom website at all in any circumstance. Um, so at the time I used a platform called CreateJoy. They had very basic themes and template. I keep saying themes. They had basic templates, but they were okay. Like they were doable. I'm kind of giving air quotes right now because they were, they were very basic and not super nice, but they were okay. Like it's something to start with, start small, start simple, and then expand once you start making money. So I had him basically take one of the templates and like basically completely customize it. So I ended up having to pay this guy. I think it was like at $1,400 when I had to pull the plug and say like, we're done and this isn't working. He basically started building a custom site, but like he was just experimenting and wasting the time on again. Like he was, he would email me and say, Hey, I was playing around with these colors. Like trying different colors and again like he was supposed to be building the website not not focusing on the visual branding which are colors and fonts and things like that logo um brand uh, colors fonts so anyway needless to say i had about half of a page of a website done and i had to do the rest on my own and the mistake here there's there's two mistakes one is that as a brand new business that i had not even launched yet I didn't need a custom website and I will say the same to every one of you, unless you're getting like major funding from someone, you start simple. Shopify has beautiful templates. Cratejoy has okay templates. (laughs) Wix has okay templates. Big commerce has templates. Like everybody has templates. You don't need to, you don't need to do a custom site. Um, what you should do is once you launch your business, figure out what products people are buying, figure out what you really need on your website to get the sale. Then you do the custom stuff. Then you shell out $1,500 for some idiot in Austin to make tiny tweaks in your website. Cause at least, you know, you, you know, better at that point. I didn't know any better. And so again, I wasted $1,500 off the bat of personal money on nothing. And then I had to do my own website. So that was a huge mistake. So if I had to do it again, even now knowing how to build websites and all that, I would still just do something very basic. I would do shop Shopify hundred percent, no matter what product I was selling, Shopify would be my platform of choice. And I would use one of their themes, probably I think it's called impulse is the one that I like. I have to always go back and look at the name because I forget the name, but I would use the theme that I like and go from there. And then if I needed to do custom work later on, I would find a website developer or yeah, I'd find a website developer who specialized in whatever I needed. So, 
You want to also find website developers who know Shopify and that understand e-commerce because if you're hiring someone and you're trying to do like updates to the checkout page or you're trying to do updates to something and they haven't done that before, it's going to cost you so much more money because they're going to have to figure out how to do it and they're going to waste their time on your dollar. So I would say that's a huge mistake that I made. Um, The third thing that I would do is I would focus on my email list growth sooner. So email marketing was definitely a big part of my business for my first business, but it didn't start off that way. Like many of you, you've launched your online store and you're just trying to figure out like what the hell to do, you know, which I totally, it makes sense. I get it. So you're trying to figure out what to do and you're not really sure how to get people in your email list and all that. So I would have really had a stronger email marketing strategy, really like encompassing, like getting more people on my email list, nurturing those people, understanding and learning about workflows and sequences and like how much money you can make with email marketing. That one took me a bit of time to like sort of figure out. And then once I figured it out, I was like, oh my gosh, email is the greatest thing ever, which is why I talk about email um, I've, I've decided to focus more on email marketing on the podcast in 2022, because it's just such an important area that people, you know, people like you need to really know, because again, con- when I talk a lot about focusing on things that you control in your business, email is something that you control. Like you own your email list. You don't own social media. So I would say I would have focused on email growth sooner. And then also just in general, email marketing strategy, like coming up with, um, a good structure and plan of, of when do I send emails out and what kind of emails do I send and how do I set up my automations and workflows and all that kind of stuff. So, um, the next thing I would have done differently is I would have started an affiliate program sooner. So I haven't done any episodes on affiliate marketing. I actually plan to do one in the next month or so. So you will be hearing an episode soon about uh, affiliate marketing, which is one of my absolute favorite uh, marketing and visibility uh, channels. So affiliate marketing. So I came to know about affiliate marketing. It was about a year, a year in one year and a few months into my business. And it was right around, this was in the fall time. So let's say October or so. Um, somehow my husband had a contact with someone who talked about affiliate marketing and, you know, thought it was the greatest thing ever. So I ended up having a call with this guy who worked for an affiliate marketing platform. And he kind of like told me what affiliate marketing was about and how, how helpful it can be and what kind of platforms they have. So in a super nutshell, affiliate marketing is when, so, so I am a blogger or a content creator or YouTuber or TikTok person or an influencer. And I like a brand or I want to start promoting a brand. You know, I sign up for, so I sign up for your brand's affiliate program. And then I start promoting your brand on my social media, on my YouTube unboxings, on my TikTok channel. I add your coupon code to my Instagram stories and I add it as a highlight. And then someone buys one of the products. So when someone buys the product, I get a commission of the sale. So if the product is 50 bucks or the sales 50 bucks 
and you offer a 20% commission, then I just made $10 from you. That's what an affiliate program is. And an affiliate program is absolutely phenomenal. I just said phenomenal, so weird. It is phenomenal for visibility because when you have an affiliate program, you will get content creators, bloggers, YouTubers, influencers that will sign up for it and promote you if they like your brand. And it gets you in front of so many people's audiences and they're doing the selling, not you. So I love affiliate marketing. It's literally one of my favorite things and I have no idea why I have not had an episode on. It's so weird. Anyway, um, I would have started an affiliate program sooner. So I launched my affiliate program a year, almost a year and a half into my business. And I was so afraid of spending money, so afraid. And if you guys follow me on Instagram or you've listened to my recent podcast episode about investing in your business and why it's so important to spend money, like whether it's a really awesome program that you want to join or you want to hire a coach or you want to sign up for a course, investing in your business is so freaking important. It moves the needle in your business. And this is a great example. So this is me investing in my business with like a tool, not really like in an education platform. So I signed up for an affiliate uh, uh, platform called ShareSale. And when I signed up for it in 2017, I want to say it was like a $700 upfront charge. And I held off on signing up for that for a long time because I was so afraid of that stupid $700 charge. Like that $700 held me back. And then I'm going to tell you how much money I made from affiliate marketing in my first year in a second. Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to backtrack a sec. So I actually discovered affiliate marketing through SEO. I totally just made that up. So I was doing, I started, got turned on to SEO and looking up backlinks and looking up competitors backlinks. So what that means is like understanding what websites feature are featuring my competitors. And so I remember looking up, um, some links for my competitor, like pup joy, there was pup joy, there was pooch perks. And I kept seeing links called share sale, share sale, share sale. And they would just be everywhere. And I was like, what is this share sale thing? So I looked it up and it was the, it was an affiliate marketing like company. So that's when I somehow got connected to my husband's friend who worked for an affiliate company. So anyway, I totally made miss as I was talking, I was like, wait a second. That's not how I knew about affiliate marketing anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I heard about it pretty early on with my business and I was seeing my competitors getting all these, all this traffic from share sale. And I was like, what the hell is this share sale? So anyway, I looked it up and I was like, $700. I'm not paying that. Like, that's crazy. And like, I was so, I wasted so much time and opportunity not taking action because of a $700 charge. And finally I just said, F it. I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to sign up for it. I signed up for it. And my first year of using share sale made $20,000 in sales. <laughs> and with commission, I think it was like about two grand in commission payout. So I made about net eight, maybe it was like 1000. I forget. I made about 18 or $19,000 in sales 
my first year of using the affiliate program, but I was scared because of a $700 charge. This is what I'm telling you. Like when it comes to investing in your business, you will make the money back. And we often so we get so afraid and hung up on these. Yes, I understand. Like if you literally have no money and you cannot pay for something, then don't pay for it. But like you have to think of these things as an investment in your business, not an expense. So that $700, you know, in my head at the time, it was an expense turned into me in my first year making 20 grand. So again, that doesn't include profit and all that, but you guys hear what I'm saying here is that it's a big traffic and sales generator. And I'm not even including the second year that I had my business that that's just the first year that platform made me a lot of sales. So I would have started it sooner and I wouldn't have been so afraid to spend freaking money I was just, I was a crazy person. I don't know. And like, that's why when I started my current business, I was like, I'm going to invest in everything that will help me grow to the next level. And I do. I mean, I, I talk about this quite often. I invested over 30 grand in my business. Um, last year I signed up for a $30,000 mastermind, which is ending this coming June. And I'll probably start looking for a different program to join, but Thirty thousand dollars. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of fucking money. But when you put money down and you buy that course, you sign up for that coaching, you find a mentor, your behavior changes. You become more serious about your business because you just put a bunch of money down. So it's just an example of investing in your business and how it can pay off. And my affiliate example is a great example of that. Okay. So the last thing that I'm going to mention here, because I feel like I there's a lot of things that I would do differently and I just don't, this is going to be a short episode. So I want to kind of keep it quick. I think later on I will do like a really more in-depth one because I made a million mistakes and I'm very upfront and, and transparent about the mistakes that I made because I don't want you to make the same mistakes. So the last thing that I would do differently if I was starting another e-commerce business is... I would have focused on SEO sooner. So you guys know I love SEO and SEO is search engine optimization. So I'm not going to go into too much detail on what SEO is, but in a nutshell, it's basically how you show up on Google. So people discover you. That's not really what SEO is, but that's just how I'm going to explain it because it's kind of like, it's kind of like the result of SEO is you show up on Google people discover you and find you based on what they're searching for. So if I sell pizza, I always use this pizza example. I have no idea why I sell pizza. And in fact, I actually sell gluten-free vegan pizza, which sounds gross by the way, but I sell vegan gluten-free pizza. And so if my website has the words vegan pizza or vegan gluten-free pizza all over it, and my website on the back end, like the page titles have that, then after a while, Google's gonna start to say, oh, okay, you sell vegan gluten-free pizza. And when Susan starts searching for vegan gluten-free pizza on Google, at some point, Google will start showing your stuff. So Google is, I like to call it the matchmaker. Google is a matchmaker between 
someone searching for something in your product, but it's your job to tell Google what you sell. So that is essentially the result of SEO, which I love SEO so much. I'm obsessed with it. Actually need to do more SEO episodes too. So with SEO, like just in a really simple way, like getting, understanding that you need to be getting um, the right keywords that people are searching for and placing those on your website. So placing those in your titles, placing those everywhere in your blog posts, etc. So SEO is a huge driver of free traffic. And again, I talk a lot about how to get visibility, how to grow your traffic without ads. That is SEO. Like SEO will help you get there. And just to give you an example, once I started getting into SEO, the first, uh, a little bit after a year into my business, um, I started creating blog content. I've, and I've used this example many times, but it's such a great example. I started creating blog content and I started, you know, doing keyword research around blog ideas and topics and, you know, under my content pillars and stuff. So with my business, one of my, my ideal customer is someone who had a golden doodle dog. And so I started doing some keyword research because part of SEO is like, you have to understand what people are searching for. You can't just assume. And so I was doing some research and figured out that like, there's this opportunity for golden doodle and dog toys. And so I wrote a blog post and I, you know, optimized it. It was like a really great blog post. And I think it was within a few months I was ranked number one on Google and I started getting traffic and started getting more traffic. Literally I would get, I got 20,000 website visitors per year from one blog post. So that is SEO right there in a freaking nutshell. And this is why I am very passionate about SEO because it gets you on page one of Google. I mean, it can get you on page one of Google and that is called visibility. That is called how people discover you. If we're thinking about like the e-commerce sales channel, like that top of the funnel is when people discover you and then they, you know, follow you on social media, then they learn to like your brand and buy from you. But you have to figure out how people can discover you in the first place. And that my friends is SEO. All right, my friends, that is it for this episode. To be honest, now that I'm talking about like what I would do differently if I was starting another e-commerce brand, I'm thinking of like 20 other things. So I'm going to do another episode at some point, but I hope you love this episode. And if you have a moment of your time, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple iTunes. And I have a bunch of new resources in the show notes. I have free guides, step-by-step guide to getting new customers without paying ads. I'm sorry, without paying for ads is one of my really uh, great new resources. And then um, how to increase your website conversion rate for your e-commerce shop is also in there as well. All right, guys, I will see you next week and I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.